welcome to the Mina Surge podcast, the ultimate source for all things Web3 and fintech related in the Mina region. Powered by Fintech Surge and Future Blockchain Summit, taking place at Dubai Harbor, October 15th through 18th, alongside Expand North Star and in association with Jitex Global. I'm happy to be joined by our partners today from Cointelegraph Mina. Cointelegraph is the leading Web3 publication covering all the latest trends in blockchain, Web3, and fintech for the region. Hi everyone, I'm here today with Osman Masood to talk about gaming and gamification of Web3. So thanks for coming in. Uh, Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting. Really nice to um, have you here. I, uh, I love what you guys are doing in the space and I'm excited to dive into how you guys are changing the gaming space within Web3. Um, for the audience, no, I want to start with a quick introduction on you and what you're doing and your background. Sure. So uh, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, I started my journey running my own company, run it for a good 10 years. Uh, then it got merged into one of the largest PPO in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, then I came on board with one of their sister concerns by the name of Ibex, uh, as um, heading their sales in the region. We took the company from a few thousand people to tens of thousands of people in the span of four years. Wow. Um, then I joined another concern of them. Um, it's an AI-based company, mm-hmm. uh, part of the global revenue team. Um, as vice president, and um, it has been privately evaluated at uh, north of $2.1 billion, expecting an IPO soon. Um, going back to my entrepreneurial uh, you know, roots last year, um, thought of you know, jumping with an idea that I'm really fond of, being a hardcore gamer myself, uh, being in the industry with these cutting-edge technologies like AI and machine learning. So I've been um, thinking on to an idea in terms of, uh, you know, how to amalgamate both things where we can actually improve the gaming experience altogether, right? So, um, long story short, uh, December last year, we raised um, a bit of a pre-seed uh, amount of $5 million on a $40 million valuation. Have a good, thank you very much. Um, have a good team across the globe. We've been able to put up something really um, brilliant right now. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an absolutely game changer. I'm excited to uh, discuss this more. So, Asman, you have had multiple successful exits. What advice can you give to budding entrepreneurs that are watching this? Yeah, so the thing is, there's no vanilla solution to all that. But one of the key things that I've picked up in the entire journey is that there's always room for learning, right? Mm -hmm. So if you really are focused to embark on this journey as such, um, my short advice on that would be, right, that you need to have a good game plan on, right? You need to have your goals sorted out. You need to be tenacious about that big time. But you need to be patient as well because it's not necessary things going to go your way, right? But you need to believe that anything is possible, right? You need to be having faith in yourself, in the journey, and in the destiny, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's good advice. Now, um, how did you guys choose gaming as your niche? You came from a tech background. But yeah. You've been an avid gamer. Yeah. So what was the story behind the formation of this? Yeah. So one of the most interesting piece uh, when it comes to gaming is the absolute uh, crazy TAM, or target audience market. You've got millions of users around the globe, right? So it's, it's, it's a very nice mix of taking that massive audience to these transformative technologies like, you know, blockchain, AI, cloud, 
and my background being from AI and tech. So it was a nice, I think, um, synergies happening there, right? And building on that, it's all about considering that these transformative technologies at the end of the day require to be on the mainstream, right? So this is one of the biggest use case, I think, that can really take it right to the top. Okay, and what exactly does the game company do? Okay, so uh, it's an AI-based cloud gaming platform. Uh, essentially, just imagine that you can play your favorite game from anywhere in the world, anytime, using virtually any device, actually, uh, whether that be an eight-year-old laptop, whether that be a mobile phone, or even an LED TV, right? Mm -hmm. So we are breaking down the barrier to play these games. Uh, at the same time, you know, making it more inclusive uh, in terms of bringing these technologies like Web3 into the game and uh, enabling users to have a mechanism to earn while gaming. Nothing like that, okay. right? I heard you say LED TV. Yeah. So you can use your TV as a console. Yeah, just imagine not having a console or an intermediate hardware in the middle, you just switch on your TV, you convert your phone as a controller, even you can use a gamepad and you can play your favorite game anywhere in the world. So what does this mean for console companies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been hearing that a lot. Um, yes, traditionally, uh, consoles um, are the more dominant mechanism of playing games, right, in the gaming industry as such. But we think that, you know, cloud gaming and AI brings a whole new angle as that's changing the status quo right now. Mm -hmm. So what we do, um, we bring flexibility, uh, accessibility, and more choices at the end of the day for the users because uh, there's these huge uh, opportunity for them to, you know, just play anything without spending expensive uh, money on hardware or consoles or heavy rigs as such. So, uh, but at the same time, we consider that you know, we are complementing the actual industry right now. Because uh, to be blunt, uh, we value what the consoles have been doing generally in the industry. But what we see is an, you know, an, a compelling alternate to all this. Uh, but at the same time, building up a healthy competition to all these consoles and all that, but at the same time also pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Okay, interesting. So what does this mean for uh, gamers in developing countries or ones that don't have um, access to consoles or the funds to buy a console or even internet? So that's the key. So uh, basically all these people have now have an opportunity to you know play at the highest levels, play all, all these tournaments, we're evening the odds on that. Just imagine anybody that has top-of-the-line uh, console or uh, machine and state-of-the-art internet Comparing with that, you talk about individual with a basic uh, laptop or a decent enough internet, uh, he can still play on the same gaming experience, right? So we're evening the odds on that. And that that's huge because now that means if you talk about the overall esports market of 3.3 billion, we are actually tapping into a bigger part of that where everybody has a chance to really enjoy what gaming is all about. I love that. I, I, yeah, that's... Um definitely an industry that needs a bit of an advancement. So you earlier mentioned something about play to earn or mm -hmm. well, earning while gaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what do you mean by that? Because uh, the, the other day BBC put out an article about how uh, games are making children spend money. And I mean, I've seen it personally. My aunt, her, um, she got a bill for $422 <laughs> from Roblox and her kid is like six years old. 
so, so I want to get your take on this. Do you think um, Plato Aaron is, uh, you know, gonna stay around? Do you think it's a fad? Yeah. So th that's an interesting article of BBC. But we need to take that article uh, with a balanced approach as such, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's true that over the years, gaming industry or various gamers um, have been um, involved in a process where they get too entangled into the entire thing as such. Uh, primarily driven by the monetized models that various gaming uh, labels have built up, right? Whether that be, uh, you know, pay to play or play to earn, right? Uh, but all of that need to be seen with uh, certain context as such, right? So, so the predominant uh, model has been, you know, uh, pay to play, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be there for quite some time as well. But, you know, uh, P2E is actually adding a new paradigm to the entire thing where user can actually monetize their skill set, uh, have authority of owning um, true ownership of their in-game uh, assets as well as such. Mm -hmm. um, on, the on the flip side, I think... You know, there's a, a responsibility for the gaming community or the game uh, gaming companies in general that they need to ensure that, you know, there's ethical gaming practices in place where uh, the user needs to be informed as mm -hmm. such. And there should be some safeguards, especially for the younger generation as such, uh, to ensure that, you know, uh, there's not a scenario where you really burn out huge cash on that. But at the same time, it's a very interesting, um, you know, um, economy that can be developed around that as well. So it's not just about playing, it's also about earning as well. So um, so if you have a good balance in both of that, eventually I think you, you're on the forefront of actually setting up a very interesting ecosystem for gaming where it's beneficial for the gamer, for the developer, and eventually for the community as a whole as well. Okay, really cool. Now, you guys work a lot with AI and yeah. gaming. Uh, how exactly do you use AI? Because right now, AI is a buzzword. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone wants to jump on. You have Chad GPT tokens. And I don't know, I don't know what else is going on. Um, but how do you guys feel about AI and integrating it in gaming? How does it work with your ecosystem? AI has been um, an integral part of our entire uh, solution offering as such because it helps us to personalize the overall experience. So when we talk about, um, you know, Web3 in general, it's always a difficult journey in terms of getting adapted to the entire environment. Based on the input that we gather from uh, millions of users that will be a part of the entire ecosystem, we can have personalized roadmap in terms of how the user envision the entire journey. You can have an intuitive interfaces with that. The overall experience improves on that. The other thing is the gaming experience itself as well, where we have these information that we gather uh, in terms of the user end environment, mm -hmm. as well as the server environment to ensure there's a best match in terms of uh, ensuring that, you know, there's a seamless uh, continuity of gameplay. That's where the AI comes into play, ensuring that you don't feel any difference in the entire experience as such. So do you mean like um, in terms of lag and loading time? Absolutely. So that's okay. the key part. We, have, we boast one of the best, uh, you know, uh, connection times on the game. We have absolutely low latency in terms of the overall gameplay. You're going to love the experience and a hardcore gamer especially who could see that why not have a console with me right now when spending so much money because you get the same experience uh, with, with these, with any laptop or any machine that you have right now to play that. Really cool. So um, when do we get to try this out? 
Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, um, our MVP is ready. Um, uh, we plan to launch um, our services um, mid uh, next quarter. Um, at currently, we are in a, in a seed round. We're raising uh, $15 million and north of $100 million valuation. Um, so everything is on track in terms of our launch and everything. And just we want to hear some good news in the next coming weeks for sure. So obviously, uh, gaming is considered its own industry. But how do you feel it's going to play a role in the mass adoption of blockchain and AI? When we talk about gaming, it has one of the largest user base got millions of gamers around the globe right so i think gaming's gonna bring all these transformative technologies like web3 or ai to mainstream because you're exposing them to a very large audience so uh once if a gamer is uh, equated with the entire uh, you know ecosystem in terms of blockchain or whether it be ai it is easy for him or her to adapt to that in other domains as well so mm -hmm. there's a uh, there's a case, strong case of mass adaption in other domains as well. So I think that's one of the major use cases where we can bring this mainstream for sure. So we've seen um, as, you know, uh, we've worked with several companies in the space and we have noticed that traditional gamers hate Web3 gaming. How, how do you feel like this is going to affect you guys? And what advice can you give to gaming companies? So... For us, the gaming experience is of paramount importance. What we have done is that we have these intuitive and you know personalized um, interfaces within our entire um, uh, portal assets to ensure that you know the onboarding processes are uh, more streamlined. You don't feel whether you are in Web two or Web three. That's been the biggest hindrance as such in terms of you know adapting to Web three assets. So uh, it's kind of a best of both worlds where you have the tech of Web3, but the experience of Web2 as well for easy onboarding. And that seems to work for us. How is the game company coming in to spread the mass adoption of you know, Web3 gaming with the, web, with the Web2 gamers who are averse to Web3? Yeah, so the biggest edge that we have uh, specifically talking about uh, Web2 and Web3 is the adaptation towards Web3 as such. The journey itself is seamless mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the overall interfaces, the intuitive nature of the entire interfaces, that's one part of it. The scalability of the entire thing uh, is, an, is another facet to the entire thing because we uh, are envisioning to have millions of users on our platform. So we uh, are ensuring and investing heavily to ensure that we can handle millions of transactions uh, simultaneously. And the other thing is the interoperability part of it that uh, allows more Web3 games to be in our ecosystem as well, where you ensure that different blockchains can seamlessly integrate with us as such. Mm -hmm. uh, the opportunity to um, play to earn traditionally has been associated uh, with Web3, uh, but with our tournament model in place, you can actually have an opportunity of earning from tournaments on Web2 games as well. Um, and all that on a blockchain ensuring this transparency, you can uh, still own your, uh, you know, in-game assets, have NFTs. So there's an entire monetizable ecosystem that any gamer, whether it's Web3 gamer or Web2 gamer, can really gain uh, a lot of benefit from our uh, ecosystem and our platform. I love that. So how did you come up with the name? Oh. <laughs> So uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting story. Uh, generally, people try to really outdo themselves uh, in terms of the name. We try to keep it simple, focus on the goal, 
keep it simple easy to remember the game company right yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that that domain was even available um it's yeah. a so, so some some stars were aligned for us so i think <laughs> it helps us <laughs> okay i love that so we covered a lot of the opportunities that web3 has what are some challenges that you see web3 has currently in the gaming space uh So obviously, uh, Web three comes with their own set of challenges. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the scalability element. Um, it's also um, the user experience that we touched a little while ago. Uh, it's also the regulatory framework. And that's a key element as well. Uh, especially if you talk about ourselves right now, uh, being a product that will be launched globally for us, it's it's uh, it's imperative that we are in sync with all the regulatory um, changes happening around the globe. we are continuously in interacting with legal experts on that to be on top of it to ensure that you know uh, we provide a safe and a sound a regulatory compliant uh, atmosphere to any user around the world on that um the other al- element associated with uh, web3 is the interoperability element as well where you um, where there are multiple chains for sure but uh, generally speaking moving one asset to another especially in gaming would be i think a game changer as such for sure uh, because that way you know you can have that asset on multiple games and you can really uh, you know have a better experience at the end of the day for that mm-hmm. okay really cool so when you say um, moving assets between games would this be in the form of nfts yeah it could be nfts mm-hmm. um, at the same time all that reside onto our core token that it's digitality token within our uh, environment right so it's an amalgamation of either whether that be in the form of credits or whether that be a specific nft issued to that individual's uh, name as such okay okay really cool well i think that's um, all the major questions that i have i do want to wrap up with a quick rapid fire well okay okay <laughs> um what advice would you give to uh, people looking to enter the fintech space during this market currently the market has its ups and down um but if you really believe in your product there's huge room for fintech right now because uh, what it essentially does is reduce reduce the barrier to entry in terms of the end user and there's a huge demand for that right now so what is the next biggest trend in gaming if you, if i won't be naming any particular labels but uh, i think uh, a little bit of uh, insight to that would be the games that are really focused on ai and on the immersive experience there are quite a few really working on that and i think that's the next big thing because that's really going to be the game changer in the overall experience as such so next question what are you looking forward to the most at future blockchain summit So we will probably be launched by that time so we definitely going to be the highlight of that event for sure. I love that attitude. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll see you there. I'm excited and uh thank you for your time uh yeah. today. It's, It's been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thank you very much. <laughs>